Hi, this is Jane Patton. And I'm Trisha Barday. And we want to welcome you to the podcast True North, a ministry of North Road Community Church. We are so excited to use this space to continue the conversations that happen when we hear a Sunday morning sermon or are reading the Bible or just in community with one another. So thank you for spending the next few moments with us, listening to our guests and joining us as we continue our walk north. And be sure to share us with your friends. Let's get started. So today we're actually going to be interviewing both of our youth pastors from the North Road Moscow Mill campus and the North Road St. Charles campus. Welcome, guys. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Why is your toothpick in your beard? Uh, you know, toothpick holder, so I don't poke you in the face because we're sharing a mic. This is awesome. This is what happens when you have student <laughs> pastors <laughs> on the podcast. What is happening? Well, he didn't want to poke Micah in the eye with it by putting it in his teeth, so he put it in his beard. Yeah. That was kind. It's, it's sacrificial love because I just didn't want to look, you know, I don't care how I look. It's <laughs> no we can tell. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Good thing this is, no. There's, no you, video. there's no video on this, so we're doing good. That's awesome. Got a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's more Micah. <laughs> Well, guys, we, we're so excited to have you. Um, we we love the ministry that you're doing with the kids here at North Road. We want the community to know um, just what North Road has to offer, what you guys are doing. Um, and we want to get to know you a little bit. And one of the first things that we want to ask you guys is, um, what did you always start out wanting to be in ministry? And if not, what were your aspirations before you got that call? Do me a favor also before you start. Would you just say who's speaking? Because our yeah. audience doesn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You guys actually look like twins. We'll have to post pictures. You both have beards. <laughs> I think there's like a student ministry like style, right? Yeah. Flannel shirts, beards. Yeah. Uh, I call them the twins because they look yeah. like. Both wearing brown. If you were to see them right now, yeah. Yeah, for they're sure. both wearing brown. They both I have beards, which we will talk about. Close. I, close, though. Sam, why don't you go ahead and take that? Why are you. What, why student ministry? Sam from Moscow, go. <laughs> Sam from Moscow. Um, when I was in high school, I went to Christian High School in O'Fallon, Missouri. And growing up, I just remember this. I remember this feeling like I wanted to. I wanted to live for something um, that was outside of the nine to five work job. Not saying that's wrong. I think that whole divide between you could say the sacred, uh, sacred and the secular realm. I, I think both are just as spiritual. So everyone out there, just so you know, mm. I'm in ministry. I think what nine to five job, just as spiritual, just as important. But mm. I just felt, I felt this almost like, I don't know, just like this, this call in my life to give my life for kind of the, the sphere of the church and his bride and just like building people up in relationships. And I remember, I remember one thing that also kind of led me and it's, there's so many different things. So I'm going to jump around, but I remember I was at, I was in a playground in grade school. And I remember some kid just said something to me that was so mean. And I remember there was another kid that just the way they made me feel was so small. So just so little. And so just like, I just, I just didn't care about myself. And I remember, I remember having this thought and I just feel like the Holy Spirit put it in my mind, even at that young age, I was just like, I want to be a person that makes people feel confident in themselves, um, encouraged and built up. And I don't want people ever wondering where they stand with me when they're around me. I want them to just feel 
the, I don't know. Now I'm like, I want them to feel the father's love. That'd be how I would articulate it. And I want them to know how much their father in love, father in heaven loves them. And from that place of being loved, I think that's where a lot of transformation happens. Then we go into learn about theology, teaching, what's, what's truth, what's not. And then we can actually enter into a relationship with people that changes their lives. So it was from a young age, um, just little things like that. And then probably one of the big turning points was I wrote a paper in my English teacher's class. And uh, it was about what do you want to do with your life? And this was the first time I ever sat down and kind of really processed in a really deep way what that would look like. I think I was, mm, I think I was a junior. I was either a junior or senior, and I remember writing this paper. And I remember just literally weeping just as I'm typing at the at the uh, at the counter at my parents' house. And I remember just writing about how I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to be involved in ministry. And I remember all of the stuff just flowing out of me that I've never articulated before. It was all there. Those desires were all there. Sure. But I'd never articulated it like that. And I remember that being one of the most defining moments. And then there's many other things, if you'd like to hear about them, where I actually step more into that. One of the things that you just said that that really just piqued my interest is that you said you always want people to feel loved. Yeah. And that is the starting point, right? Mm-hmm. That's the starting point to building a relationship and building trust and then being able to share the love of God with them. Yeah. And I feel like that is so God-like, yeah. you know, that he, he loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And from that love, when we respond to that love, that then the relationship with God begins. Yeah, and I just, fe- I just see Christ in that. And, yeah. and you, you actually, you make not even just students feel like that. You make your work, your peers work like, feel like that too. So we, we yeah. appreciate working with you. Thank you. Jane. What about you, Micah? Yeah, that's, that's good stuff, Sam. Um, <clears throat> I love you. I'm proud of you. No, I, I would just, if I could respond to that, I think uh, the verse that comes to my mind is it's the Lord's kindness that leads us to repentance, not his wrath. Yep. And, uh, I haven't worked with Sam a ton, but I know him personally. And man, you just really embody that uh, character of the Lord, that his kindness that leads others to repentance. So I just, I admire that about you because I, uh, I am definitely on the struggle bus in, in that area, much more uh, of a punitive, a punitive person. So um, my, my call to ministry, uh, if I could put an age on it, it was, I was probably 12 or 13 um, I, uh, don't really remember like a specific moment. It was just kind of like, uh, I mean, honestly, moving here, planting North road, being a part of that as a child really gave me a passion for ministry, a passion for preaching. One of the things that I'm going to interject here really quick. And I just gave a, a finger to, I didn't give the finger. I gave a <laughs> finger to finger. Micah. I just wanted to, for our guests that are listening to this, you are pastor Matt Bardig's son. You are his oldest son, his Is best son. Yes. His best son. Uh-huh. We'll make sure we don't let the brother, the favorite, the, well, we don't let the, the brothers listen to this. You're one of five. Isn't yes. that right? Yeah. One of five. Yep. So I, I was listening to another interview and they have a pastor's son and he's basically like, I didn't choose this life. This life chose me, you know? And so basically yeah. you've been around, I mean, the fact that you're saying that when you were 12, yeah. that might even be indicative of the culture you were raised in. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I was just, um, always right in the middle of everything that, that dad was doing in ministry. Um, he took me, I mean, he's, he is an incredible father. Um, 
I think he's a better father than he is anything else in the world, uh, father and husband. So, and and I don't think that's very true for a lot of pastors' kids. I don't think a lot of them can say that. Um, I hear a lot of them that I like that I've had personal relationships with that have said that their their fathers sacrificed their families on the altar of ministry, and that just wasn't ever, that wasn't dad, that wasn't mom. And so, um, I would say that because of that, like the Lord used that to grow in me a love for His church and not a disdain which is not normally what I see in a lot of pastor's kids. I see a lot of pastor's kids grow up to hate the church and maybe not even be a part of it because sure. their their families didn't prioritize the right things. Um, and so I really attribute that to him and, and my mom being intentional about focusing on our family first. So I think it was all of that that led up to the point of like me coming to the realization that I wanted to step into vocational full-time ministry Um I kind of ignored that for a long time at 12 or 13 because at the, around the same time I had some baseball coaches that were all three uh, professional level, like AAA, AA, uh, in the Yankees organization, Phillies organization, and, and they came back to Troy to start a travel team. And they sat me down one day. They're like, we really think that you need to get serious about baseball because um, we think you have a shot to play somewhere and, and maybe like pay for your college or maybe beyond college. And so – a 13-year-old kid getting that spoken into him, like, who's not going to run headfirst after that? So I was uh, I was just a gym rat after that and, and working on my swing, working on my arm. And, um, yeah, and, and so through that, I kind of had decided, like, I'm going to table the ministry thing, give the baseball thing a shot, and after I'm done, like, ministry will always be there. And that's just not what God wanted for me. And so I my, uh, my elbow almost tore, but my ligament ripped off my bone and after my freshman year of high school and after a couple arm surgeries later, it just wasn't going to happen. And so, um, then I stepped right into full-time ministry as a senior in high school when we planted the St. Charles campus. So yeah, it's kind of a longer story, but God's been good through it. Yeah. What I have heard from both of you, that is super encouraging. And I want to highlight that you know, the listener out there is that God can speak to kids. That's good. Absolutely. That God can, what Sam, what he downloaded into your heart was very simple, Mm -hmm. but yet it was, it was pregnant with so much Mm -hmm. information Mm -hmm. of not only how God was sheltering your heart with a bully, which I think we have to remember that our, the Lord goes with our kids Mm -hmm. to school and goes with our kids to the playground, Mm -hmm. no matter how young they are. Um, that that the Lord is their strength, and we yeah. can remind the kids that mm-hmm. the Lord is our strength. And then, Micah, how God was speaking to you. Um, we cannot discount that the Lord is speaking, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's, maybe it's easier for God to speak to kids because they have less junk filtering what they're hearing God say. Yeah. And I love how um, how God is not a respecter of persons, mm-hmm. you know, and and. I want to, we're going to get back to that point a little bit later, but um, I want to know, guys, because you are ministering to middle school kids and teens and Micah, uh, college age, young adults, that kind of thing. Uh, what were your teen years like? So people seem to either love their teen years or they, they hate them or it was a struggle bus for them. And kids get put in categories. You know, they might be the jocks or the smart kids or the nerds or whatever, but I want to know what We'll go with you first, Sam. What was, (laughs) 
What was your teen years like? Were they amazing? Sam was a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to negate that statement. I uh, love it. I was kind of, I don't know. My, my, I, man, I struggled a ton in grade school, middle school. Um, do you want to hear like my personal struggles or just like with friends or all of it? What I want to know is how your teenage years equipped you for how you now minister to teenagers. Because oh, oftentimes yeah. we minister okay. out of our pain or our experiences because yeah. that's just what God has allowed in our lives, yeah. right, to to give us those segues. So yeah. so what was it like growing up for you that now has given you sort of your edge and how you, you angle? Yeah, and there are teens listening. They're going to want to be like, they, they see you now. <laughs> you know, kind of on the other side and you're in adulthood and, and you're, but you know, they didn't get to see you in your rough form yeah. and you might relate to somebody in your youth group. by You're saying, no longer in your rough form <laughs> <laughs> with your beard and your hair. This is, this it's, is polished. It's pretty rough, you know. Um, I think in those, in those teen, teenage years, the things that's equipped me the most, um, I mean, I struggled so much um, with things like, loving myself meant I don't want to say mental health but there was just a lot of a lot of inner turmoil and torment and lots of thoughts flying through my head and um all those fears of man do people love me do people blah 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 um am I enough am I these and not that all of those thoughts are gone they're definitely still there they just I'm not letting them rule and reign in my life like there anymore um one of one of the most amazing things for me was just and this is probably the thing that I take away the most from when I was younger, but I look at how my dad loved me through that. I look at how um, different pastors in my life loved me through that. And like, I think a lot of the revelation of God's love, yes, there was Holy Spirit to my heart, but a lot of that was so practical of like me, me shamelessly going, this is all of the, oh, I just hit something. <laughs> just a little too. Too much talking with my it's hands. Okay. <laughs> but, this is this is raw. I just distracted people. myself. <laughs> but I think a lot of like God's love came through. Yes, his revelation through the scripture, the and the Holy Spirit, but through like the practical, like how people were patient, they were kind with me. Mm. Um, there's a guy named Tom Kyle, my dad, he's John Hooker, he's awesome. And just the way that those fathers and other mothers in my life just stood by me and they're just like Sam, you're going to make it through. You're going to be fine. And even honestly, even recently in this last season of my life, just seeing them do that again, that equips me on how to actually handle things with students, how to handle things in my life. I've just like, I, I would just be the first one to say, I think I've been like the most set up for success that, mm. I mean, I'm just like, everything's not, everything's been handed to me. Don't say that, but just like so many things have been really lined up for me, mm. um, walking out of my teenage years and into mm into adulthood. And I think a lot of that was like, obviously um, there's stuff on my end of like, cool, I'm going to take action steps. I see that I can't hide the sin in my life. I can't walk in shame. I can't let that rule over me, but I can go and talk to someone. And I just saw catalyzing moments in my life of just making little decisions um, that unlocked a greater level of freedom in my walk with God. And that, that like pursuit as well of just like, even the prayer of like, God, give me a heart to know you. Cause yes. we've all, we've all been like, thank God it's a valid, a valid prayer. Cause yes. we'd all be, we'd all be toast without it. But it's like, God, give me the heart to actually even want to love people. Give Make me the me. heart, give me the heart to even want to be with you. Give me the heart to even 
want, because there's all these thoughts and feelings in my head, God, I know that you are bigger than all that. Whatever tools that I need to do that, give me those tools. Mm. Um, and I think, I think a lot of those things as well, growing up, how all of that was life, how all of that was like, um, we were talking about love. I think being Jesus to people, but not trying to meet the need of Jesus in someone's life has been, even recently starting this job here at North Road Church has been a, I just have to recenter myself of like, Sam, you are not called to literally fill the need of Jesus in someone's life. That They have to actually get that need in their own strength yeah. and in their own relationship with God. I cannot fill that intimate place that God's supposed to be filling in their life, that need. I have to actually... Um, step back and go, God, I actually, at the end of the day, I'll do what you've called me to do in their life. I'll be for them, be there for them as much as I can. I'll love them, but I actually need to step back and trust God with that person. Mm. And I think with any, any parents with kids listening right now, um, I think walking that line of like, cool, where can I step in as a parent and parent and love them as Jesus would, but where can I step back and actually trust God with their hearts, with their minds and with their lives? Um, and I mean, this is, this is kind of scary, but at the end of the day, we all do have choice. Um, we all do have, it's where we all started. It got us, it got us into this mess. Um, but the good thing is God's grace and his kindness and forgiveness always yeah. um, allows us to step out of that choice and make a better choice the next time. So good. Come on. Micah? Yeah. Could you remind me of the question after <laughs> Sam's sermon? Sorry, sorry guys. But it was so my, good. My it was, no, it was great. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was so like captivated by his words, I forgot what we were talking about. So no, my the, looks too, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> basically, what what was your teenage years like that mm. that cultivated yeah, this this ability in you, or or gave you the segues, the ways that you minister now, okay. based on, on how you were raised? All right, yeah. Awesome. And how can kids relate? Like, are there you know, well, how do you relate to them? I mean, that you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Would they come with all their? Because you're not exactly the same, but all the nuances. Yeah, I think uh, before I jump into my my uh, teen years, I think I relate well to them because I'm not that far removed from where they're at. <laughs> Sam's a few years older than me, and I'm I'm a few years younger than him. So um, we're not really twins. No, we're not twins. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Wait, how, old? how old are you? Uh, None your business. Oh, I'm just kidding. Business. I'm 22. 22 turning 23. Uh, I'm 27, so... Yeah, you're almost 30. You're closer to 30 than you are <laughs> oh to 20. Trisha uh, and I will not be revealing our ages on this <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're not. We're, we, we, we found an age that we loved, and we're staying <laughs> Sticking there. Sticking with it, yes. Oh, my goodness. But my, my teen years were pretty interesting, and for those listening, Trisha's my aunt, so she knows all the... Th- kind of phases of life that I've gone through and she's walked with me through a lot of it too. Um, but I, I think I started out in my teen years. Um, I was a, a fat little kid. Um, so that started in elementary school. I just pretty hot and tempting. Yes. P H A T. Listen, I'm not that cool, but I know what fat means. That, are, we, are we not talking about the same thing? P H A T. Pretty hot and tempting. He was, he was a great looking kid. He was. Oh my that's gosh. Right? I mean, like, I try a, to be That's cool. the funniest thing I've heard all week. I've, had, I've raised three teenagers. <laughs> so that I, I'm right really in the middle funny. of the, I'm in the mix. He's that got is hilarious. Swagger. But I just, I really did. I battled with my weight. I battled with my diet. Um, and that, that's still like a sin issue that I struggle with and, um, something that my wife and I are currently addressing right now. So, um, but anyway, I, I walked into my teen years, like carrying a lot of bullying, um, because of my weight, got called a lot of horrible names. 
Um, and so I think I walked in into my teen years like pretty insecure and pretty defeated um, by people's words. Um, but that, that started to change. I mean, I hit, I hit puberty like every boy does and the weight started to fall off and I got in the gym and, and got serious about my health, um, playing sports. And so that, I think there was like a pretty stark shift from chubby, like insecure little boy mm-hmm. to like, I was, I was a talented athlete and I've always been able to like work a room and talk to people. So I think I was launched out of like insecurity into a lot of pompous pride. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, the, I mean, the Lord has, has done a lot of things to help me with that. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I would say like, uh, let's jump into high school. I jumped into high school in Troy. Um, we don't even talk about middle school. It's middle school. It's just not, it's not fun at all. And I was homeschooled, so I didn't really do anything fun for like Two and a half years. How long <laughs> were you homeschooled? Seventh and eighth grade. No kidding. Yep. Huh. And you were here then or were you in Florida? I was here. Yeah. We finished we moved here in sixth grade. I finished sixth grade at uh the Christian Academy in Troy at Troy First Baptist, and then we did seventh and eighth grade homeschool. But then I jumped into Troy as uh Troy High School as a freshman and man, like I don't know if I've ever experienced lonelier years in my life. Like I had made I had made um the decision to follow Jesus and God saved me when I was eight. And I just was really serious about it for my whole childhood and, and even into my teen years. And so I walked into that environment, um, having never really been to public school before. Uh, but also like, I just wasn't the kid who was going to cave to peer pressure and do what people wanted me to do. And so, and people knew that and they respected that. Um, but they because they knew that I didn't get invited to anything. Uh, one of the one of y'all's church members here, Kevin Campbell, he was my assistant baseball coach in ninth grade, and he was my catch partner for the whole for the whole season because nobody would play catch with me. Oh, um, again, they were all super nice to me, and I still talk to some of them um, and and love those dudes. But like, they just they had a bond, and and I wasn't gonna be a part of the things that some of them were doing, and so uh, and we just had a mutual respect for that, but. Um, so I was there for a year and a half, and then the really formative years of my teenage teenage time was when I transferred to Christian High School where Sam went. Um, and and man, like I would say from the moment that I got there, like God just began to use the people, the teachers, um, to shape me and mold me into honestly what I feel like I am today. Um, like that was totally. God's providence to, to take me there and lead me through that. I got opportunities to serve uh, in ministry there. We had chapel every Wednesday, and I was one of the worship leaders there. I got opportunities to disciple dudes, to be discipled. Um, Mr. Brownfield, who's now on staff here doing some young adult stuff, Brown Sugar, I love that man. Uh, he was really formative for me. Um, one of now, now one of our elders at the St. Charles campus. I'm sorry, I'm um, going to pause this. Go so ahead. Stephen Brownfield, the new staff member, we should call him Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar. I need, I, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah, that, that's so what. Everyone who's listening to this, I'm, I'm yeah, walk up Sugar. to Stephen Brownfield and call him Brown, young adult. Brother B, 
good oh to know. Oh my gosh, Brown he's going to be so uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. He, no, I love I love that man like, like more than life. He's he's a great, great dude. But Brown he was sugar. super formative for me. One of our elders at the St. Charles campus now, um, Josh Simpson. He was my Spanish teacher, but he was far more than a Spanish teacher for me. He I mean he really poured into me and invested in me, and I could just go on and on and on and name names uh, of all the people who discipled me and invested in my life while I was there. Um, and, and I walked out a godlier man because of that experience. Um, and because of that, I am very, very, uh, high on Christian education and, and, um, giving your kids a a Christian worldview in their, in their youth is so important. And so, however, however you can do that in your context is great. But for me, it just, it happened in Christian school. And so I'm a huge fan of Christian school. So. Guys, this is so great. I love hearing your perspective and your experiences. And one of the things I would love to pull out of what I think both of you said is that that high school experience can be traumatizing, can Mm -hmm. be horrible. Mm -hmm. Uh And I felt at that time, and I wonder if you guys did, that it seems like that high school is everything. And it's hard to see that there's a life beyond that. And if it's not a good experience, it can be extremely, extremely depressing, Absolutely. extremely yeah. overwhelming. You, We can lose hope as mm-hmm. teens. Yep. Um, and I hope that the teen out there that's listening realizes that if this is your experience, that if you're losing hope right now because your high school experience is so bad, bullying, self-esteem, that kind of thing, suicidal thoughts, um, that this is a very short time and hold on, hold mm-hmm. on. Absolutely. And even, even towards the end of your high school years, things can start turning and changing, even though it seems like they won't. And guys, can you say that even that college experience is just a completely different life that you would have never expected from high school that it can really, it's like, it's only four years. Hold on. Yeah. The moment, the moment that you step off of your high school campus, your life is completely different. Completely different. Completely like, yeah. it's so it's so funny how like there's definitely, uh, and I think Sam would agree with me. There's definitely like a pecking order in high school. Yep. Like you have you have a lot of um, different classes of people and different statuses of popularity, and these are the cool kids, and it's just a bunch of like honestly very vain trivial things that don't matter in the grand scheme of life. But as soon as you step off of your high school campus, you're graduated. Like it's, it's like everybody's on a level playing field Mm -hmm. and, and the people that were cool in high school, um, aren't cool anymore. And the people who weren't cool in high school, like are just as cool as the other people who were cool. It's just really weird how fast it changes. And, um, like you said, it's just four years of your life and you just got to get through it and, um, not just get through it, but like, I think there's a way that we can redeem it and use it for God's glory. I um, love that you just said that because when, whenever, um, oh, what's your face over here, Sam? Whenever <laughs> he said, I do know his name. Whenever he said that, like everything has been handed to him that set you up for ministry. The the first thing that I thought was not so much like your education or a yeah. loving dad or yeah. loving teachers. It's that even the trials and things that you went through yeah. set you up for how you minister today. Yeah. Like, and I think that we can't forget that. And young people can't forget that. Old people can't forget that. Yeah. That these things that come at us, they are forming. That's an excellent <clears throat> word. They form us. Um, but but God is using it to refine us, right? And Absolutely. so there's a piece of me that wants to go like for Micah, but look at me now, right? And tell about <laughs> look at me now. Um, and so, but but God, God does. He redeems all those things. So I want to ask a question. 
I know that we'll have young people listening to this and they're in those teenage years and there's so much coming at them. There's so much temptation that's coming at them. Um, what, what dating advice would you give mm. boys and girls? Because they are dating. They are dating. I, I'm really curious what Sam's going to say about I, this. One. I think Micah needs to take the reins on this because he has successfully gotten married and I have not. I have I have successfully gotten married and hopefully will successfully stay married. Let's for give the rest Sam of dating life. advice then. <laughs> <laughs> Sam uh, is single and I, I am taking I, applications. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> he is single and ready to mingle. Darling, send in applications to <laughs> Jane at NorthRoadChurch.com. You know, there is no shame in ChristianMingle.com. Sam. <laughs> I mean, I might have a chance this podcast because there's no video. So. This <laughs> This may end up being the most divinely orchestrated podcast ever. No. You Don't, can thank us. Do not be fooled. He is a I handsome guy. He is. This. Sam, <laughs> I, I'm very curious how you're going to answer this question, and so I'm going to let you take the lead on it. Dating um, advice. Man, there's there's so many ways I want to go. to. The main, the main principle I'd probably start with um, is so many people get into a relationship on how can this person meet my needs. And a lot of the times the needs that they're trying to get met aren't even, yes, there's hormonal desires, all of that stuff. You want someone that's going to be your partner. But I think I think addressing those things um, before you get into a relationship, what is the dysfunction in it? What mm. is the unhealthy cycles that I'm seeing in my life? Not navel-gazing and being too analytical towards ourselves, um, but I think... Once we deal with a lot of that stuff before we get into a relationship, then it helps us, I would say, formulate that strong end of the connection for us. And then we need to find someone else who's also um, healthy in their area. Uh, I think it was actually Darren Kassebaum mm, and another DK. DK and a few other guys. <laughs> they said to me when I was younger, they said, Sam, you need to find, I was, I was probably 15. Sam, you need to find a woman that loves Jesus more than you do. So if you just listen to that and you thought you need to find someone that actually, uh, you're comparing your love for Jesus. Like I was, this was my initial thought. I was like, wait, how do I figure out how much love I have for Jesus and compare <laughs> literally? No, no, for years. I'm talking like five plus years. If, Okay, it could be even longer, maybe 10 years. I literally was like, how do I compare loves for Jesus? I, I don't know how to do that. And then I said it out loud to someone. They were like, dude, you absolute idiot. They, they like, were saying like, they have to love Jesus more than they love you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and all these light bulbs kind of went off. And I think, I think that lordship thing in people's lives of like, is this person submitted to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Do they have, do they have a personal relationship with them? Are they stable? Are they strong? Um, and if they don't have to be perfect, but do they have a system, a answer, which is Jesus to the dysfunction that's in their life? And will they go to that before they go to me initially? Yes, they need to go to you. It can't be this weird relationship where you don't get any needs met between each other, but I think having those needs, get, getting those needs met in a healthy place on your own um, before going into relationship is so helpful. Because so many high schoolers, we just run in, we just jump in with two feet of like, oh my gosh, I'm and in love, I'm in, I'm in love. love, and, and I don't care who knows. This it. is this is an, <laughs> this is another statement that someone made. The the most powerful force in the whole world is the power of the Holy Spirit. But the second most powerful force in the whole world is the power of love and that hormonal 
feeling that we get when we actually touch someone, be with them, go a little bit, you know, I don't need to, we'll keep it PG. Do you just, there's things that get stirred up inside of you. And I would say that, that feeling, that bond is met. God designed that, but do not mm. awaken love before it's time. You just that don't, good, don't, Sam. don't do it. Good answer, that's, Sam. Yeah, that's my that's my single guy answer. Now, Mikey can give you a little bit more of the experiential answer. I yeah. love both these perspectives. <laughs> yeah, so I don't. I think Sam like really covered a good theology of dating and what you're looking for. I think if I could speak more to the timing, like for the teens who are listening, um, don't date. <laughs> yeah. That that's what I I, I would ahead, absolutely Sam. second that. Yeah. So and and I have a reason for that, and uh, it's it's because of my personal experience with it. Um, I just, for it's, I don't, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain what I'm, what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. Like, I think that's a great question, Sam. Why are you dating? What is the purpose of you dating in high school? Like if we, if we dating is not a biblical concept, there's no, there's no, um, dating in the Bible. And so what we have done in Western culture is come up with this, concept of getting to know somebody um in order to to marry them and actually like the term dating is is from hookup culture Mm -hmm. um it it was created as a term to talk about somebody you're going to go get with sexually um not not enter into a relationship to get to know somebody to enter into a covenant marriage with that person and the lord and so um for like the teens listening my advice would just be like don't don't date i i'm not I am not against like you being exclusive with a girl or a guy. Guys, like go find a woman that that loves Jesus and that's beautiful, and like go get her. God created you to do that, um, and I think that's incredibly valuable. Those like you're going to learn a lot of lessons. But when when we're talking about dating, and what I'm saying is like being alone with a girl before, uh, before you're uh, honestly before you're out of high school. Um, being alone with her, being physical with a guy or with a girl, um, just it's just not a good idea because it leads, and I'm speaking from experience, it, it leads to places um, that are very, very like good in the right context and, and God-given, um, but bad from harmful for our lives outside of the marriage bed and outside of the marriage covenant relationship. Um, and so I would just say like in a world in which we have pushed back adulthood so far, um, like in a world where you're graduating high school at the age of 18 or 19, but you're ready sexually to be in a marriage relationship at 13 or 14, I think it's just super wise to, to wait until you are able to enter into that, um, relationship in the, in a marriage relationship to even open that Pandora's box. Um, and then from there, like exactly what Sam said, go find a godly man, go find a godly woman, um, find your joy in the Lord, not your joy in, in a person, uh, and, and just seek to honor God with your relationship. So I, I hope I don't sound like the, the grumpy old man that says like, <laughs> don't date anybody. But, um, yeah, that's just from my experience and my convictions on that. That's kind of what I, what I think. There's, there's a verse and I don't have the reference. I'm so sorry, but it, and I think there's more than one. It talks about treating each other as brothers and sisters. Yeah. And, to what I've seen in the Bible, and I've, I've heard this from other people, they talked about it. Um, what I've seen in the Bible is there's not a lot of dating uh, guidance. No. There's Jewish culture courting and stuff like that and how they did it. 
um, which they were really young when they did. There was a yep. different level of maturity back in the day. We're going to get back to it, mm-hmm. um, hopefully, Lord. Yep. You know, um, But I think, I think treating each other as brothers and sisters with absolute purity, mm. what does that look like? That's, that's this, if we're going to go off the biblical standard, that's the biblical standard. Mm-hmm. Our cultural standard, it's way down there. It's like, how close can I get to the cliff? Mm-hmm. How, how close can I get what is sin? If your question in a relationship is what is sin, how far can I go? Yep. What can I get from this? What I like these feelings. Of course, you're going to like the feelings. That's duh. You're supposed to like the feelings, but you have to like those feelings in covenant. Yep. And I think I'm not going to go out and say you can't do anything, uh, but I'm just going to say absolute purity. What does that look like? If you're going to treat someone like a brother and sister, um, would you put your arm around your sister? Yeah, you might. That's okay. You probably wouldn't kiss your sister, though. You probably wouldn't you, kiss you your sister. You shouldn't kiss your sister. You probably... Your hands would not be in any other places with your sibling. Just going to be really honest. Yeah. That's This is the biblical standard of absolute purity. What does that look like? It's not there to shame us. It's there to set the mark. The bar is Jesus. Yeah. How did Jesus interact with women? Would Jesus be interacting with a woman that... Would Jesus be interacting with a woman like you're interacting with a woman you're not married to now? Mm. Come on, Sam. Those, those are questions we should ask. And if I could add one more thing, we just had our Disciple Now weekend, and our theme, we, we were in the book of Ecclesiastes, and we called it Under the Sun. And so the whole idea was like everything, um, or it comes from, from Solomon's words in, in chapter 1, verse 14, like, I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity, it's meaningless, it's a striving after the wind. And so we, we talked about like um, all reality underneath heaven, like if we were to take somehow take God, take his truth, take his law, take his love, his kindness, his mercy out of the equation. All of life is is meaningless. And I would say like dating, <laughs> dating without, without a, a biblical worldview, dating without Christ is meaningless and it's painful. And, and so we, we really, we focused in on the fact that like um, you can take God out of out of your dating relationships, you can take God out of your life, but it's going to go really bad for you because the Lord has set up his his law is not for your um it's not a jail cell, it's it's for your joy. Yeah. Like he desires for you to find joy in in the things that he has established to be reality in the world. Um and and there's freedom and there's uh there's fun and there's happiness and there's joy found in 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 doing the things that he's asked us to do. So, yeah. In doing it God's way, for sure. The thing that I think is so interesting about what you're talking about, um, and I'm sharing some of this content on social media in live time, just just because I think this content is fascinating. Um, but I, I don't think this advice is just for young people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that the, because we live in a sinful and broken world, we have a lot of single again, right? Yep. And so it's yeah. how do you do it when you're single again, when you got married or got married young? or And even as I think that there's also a lot of parents that don't want to put certain parameters. They don't want to tell their kid, their kids things that you're saying in a very direct and truthful way because of the sins that they committed, yeah. right? But why wouldn't you give your kids the best shot? Yeah, absolutely. you know what I mean. Like yep. make them listen to this podcast. Make them listen to people who actually are doing it and are yeah. are are thriving at this. Um, if you were to like seeing the needs, the needs that you're assessing, I know that you guys have been in student ministry for a season for for an extended season. What would you say like the top three needs are right now that you see these are the glaring needs um that and then what where do you see like god responding to those needs in young people's lives that's a really really good question um and maybe if it's top three is too hard pick one yeah you know what i mean uh 
I think the number one need that I see from students is um, they they really desire like real authentic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're not. I I know we and and myself included. Like we make jokes about how youth pastors' jobs are to f- stuff them with pizza and <laughs> play video games, give them a ten minute Bible lesson, and send them home. But like they're they're hungry for the word yeah. and they want to know. Um, why they're here they want to know why they exist and so a lot of my conversations are actually like even with sixth graders are super fruitful um and super like deep because yeah. they they genuinely want to know one they want to know that they belong they want to know that i care for them that the listener cares for them um as they're having a conversation and then two they just really want to understand like the things of god and, and the things of of like how that relates to their life and um and so I see the biggest need is like kids just want to know who they are and, and why they exist. Yeah. Like, why did God make me the way that I am? And so um, I've really enjoyed helping kids navigate through those questions lately. So I was I was literally going to say the exact same two things. Relationships. I was going to say more on the mothers and fathers. Um Wait, wait a minute. You mean that they desire yeah, they des- they desire relationship with they their desire parents? moms and dads mm. that yes are going to do the mom and dad things, but the mom and dads that actually have an inner belief that my kid loves me even though they're not sharing it, showing mm. it. Yeah. But like my kid does love me. That's how they're wired to be. It's just how God designed it. They might not be showing it, and they do want to be around me. Um, and I think pursuing your your so, there's so much in there that we can go into, but pursuing your son and your daughter, um, that's they really need that right that's now. So good. Just, like, like there's that verse that's like boldly enter the throne room of grace. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need to do that with God and we need to do that with the relationships with people. Cause there's so yeah. much, there's so much shame and guilt that sneaks in. And I've watched it in so many youth um, and youth parents lives where it's just like this lie that I'm bad and I'm, I've seen it in my life and like, I'm going to cause something bad and I should probably should just not, not enter. That's like, that is the lie of the day devil he wants to keep us out of relationships with people he wants to keep us on our heels Um, what we need to do is run in completely shameless and just be like I know that I'm the person that needs to be loving this person right now am I going to do it perfectly probably not but I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and I know God will fill the gaps Um, he will be the ultimate father um, to these kids so yeah relationships in the sense of fathers and mothers like Micah said um, and then, honestly, I was just going to say biblical truth as well. These yeah. kids these kids need to know the truth. They need to have an experience with God, with other people, where they're like, I know that this is the main thing in our lives. And we as youth pastors, parents, we just we need to trust God that he's going to actually lead them in that way. Right. They can handle it. Yeah, they can yeah. handle it. They can... They can, they can, oh my gosh, the questions they ask. Yeah. Kids will ask questions that I'm just going to be really honest. I go, well, crap, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just yeah. serious. I'm like... Yeah. I haven't thought about that for a really long time. I know the, I know like the theory behind it, but like, Mm -hmm. where did that come from? Like, wow, geez, I'm going to have to go back to basics on this one, guys. I think that's the thing as somebody who's raising teenagers right now, who's, who's, I have two, you know, that are in college and then one that, that is an active student, but they're asking questions that adults ask. And I I wonder if it's because we are in a culture that they're, they're growing so much faster. They're aging so much faster because of the access that they have to so many things. So Absolutely. their questions mm-hmm. are 
are questions again that my peers and I a ask one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm -hmm. we've got to be prepared. I mean, I'm just going to say this for for Trisha and I, and and also for Micah as a parent. We got to be prepared as parents. We need to be prepared yeah. to pursue our our children when mm -hmm. we feel like they're. I am not. You need to get away from me right now. <laughs> I need you to step away from my yeah. presence, right? Um, but we need to always be pursuing them and and growing ourselves, strengthening ourselves in the Lord, so that yeah. we are prepared to handle the things that they bring to us and the questions that they ask for us, mm -hmm. ask yeah. us. Yeah. And just on that note, there you're actually, Jane, uh, have been walking through an apologetics class yeah. at the North Road Moscow campus. And I really encourage all parents and teens to do an apologetics, to do an apologetics mm -hmm. and to do that deeper thinking and don't just listen to one side. And I told uh, my boys, like, questions are great. Yes. G God is not afraid of your questions. Christianity is not a belief system that you can't question it. There are a lot of, it's, it's the one belief system out there that says, ask, seek, find, test me, you know, try this out and see what happens. Like God loves questions. So I've always encouraged my kids when they have gone through those seasons of questioning and struggle, ask your questions, but then don't be a lazy questioner. Yeah. yeah. Don't be a lazy questioner. Go find both sides and really think it through and come back and tell me what you found yeah. on that. Um, and, and don't just question and leave it to one side. Look at all the sides. And then, like you said, they really are adults. And, yeah. And let's, let's let them be adults yeah. and, and let's really enjoy seeking truth. Yeah. But, but don't be lazy. Actually seek truth. Yeah. On, the, on the top, like this is a quote that was given to me that came to mind as we were talking about apologetics and, and defenses for the faith. Um, parents and students, if I could encourage you, this was given to me, doubt your doubts as ferociously as you doubt your faith. Um, and so if you, if you have like, you have questions, exactly what Trisha said. If you have questions, if you have concerns, like God invites you to come, to come and, and doubt your doubts and doubt your faith. And, and he wants to provide clarity and answers into the things of himself. And so like, if you look, you will find it. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you look hard enough, if you seek hard enough, if you pray, if you seek God on, on the answers of the things of himself, he'll give it to you. And so, um, and, I, and I, I understand students, like, it's hard to sometimes wrap our heads around, like, the concept and the reality of an infinite and perfect God who doesn't uh, have a beginning, doesn't have an end. Like, there's a lot of things about Christianity that are, like, hard to wrap our minds around, but I would just encourage you again, like, Doubt your doubts as ferociously as you doubt your faith and go seek the answers, and, yeah. and I believe God's going to provide you with clarity. Can I permission to go on a little tangent about truth? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Preach, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is verse of the day, so really deep on how I got to this place. I was reading it this morning. Uh, it says, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so I read that, I'm like, well, crap, I want to, like, I want to, personally, I'm like, I want to know the truth. And then it says right before that, it says, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Um, that's more of a devotional translation. I read that one on accident. I got all of them pulled up. And then the other thing that Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to lead you into all truth. Yeah. We have to actually have an obedience that's like, I'm going to continue walking in the things that Jesus has asked me to walk in. Not because I feel like it all the time. Not because I'm like, 
oh yeah, I feel so stirred right now in my faith to do that. But actually, out of obedience, what did Jesus command us to do? The greatest mm-hmm. commandment is to love. So how do we keep on loving? How do we keep our love on? How do we keep on pursuing him? And then also trusting that the Holy Spirit, at the end of the day, God, you put the Spirit in... There's the same Spirit that was in the tabernacle back in the Old Testament that like people would walk into and they would die. Like... That presence of God is living inside of us. That's nuts. Something crazy is going to have to happen if that's what's really going on. And just having a deep trust that that spirit, that good, true spirit, is actually going to lead us into all truth, um, I think is so fundamental for our lives. Because, I don't know, in the garden there there was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. One of the original mistakes that humanity made was actually going to knowledge first. We actually put our trust in knowledge. That's good. But... When we actually put our trust in God, we we first, one, we obey him, and then we secondly, we go and we actually say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me into all truth? Every time I open the Bible, when I, not every time, my intention for every time I open the Bible, I say, Holy Spirit, would you please show me what you're speaking to me today? Would you please lead me into all truth? Because man, civil wars have been fought over the Bible and people not understanding them. They actually were disillusioned, probably because there's some level of disobedience in their life and they were worshiping knowledge over, they were worshiping, they're worshiping knowledge over Jesus and actually led us, yeah, it led us, it led them into a place where just their faith just fell apart and they just went off this crazy tangent. So my charge for you guys, with your parents, uh, with sorry, with your parents, parents of kids and kids with parents, and in everyone's personal lives, keep on seeking Jesus. Keep on seeking the truth. How can I be obedient to Him, to him today? And how can I rely on the Holy Spirit's work in my life today? Yeah. Guys, this has been a fascinating conversation. It's been such a helpful conversation. And we're going to get to now the really deep, serious stuff. I mean, I need you guys to roll up your sleeves. I need to know... And I know that everyone out there wants to know, beard products, <laughs> what? <laughs> I need to know why your beards are so luxurious. What is, what's what's your favorite beard oil? All of us just like yeah, stroked yeah, yeah, our beards. Yeah. Quick, quick, involuntarily. Quick answer, uh, I've been slacking, nothing. Nothing? Nothing, no. It's been not a lot of upkeep. No head and shoulders, I'm gonna nothing? tell you, it looks like it's Sam. <laughs> It's a little wild. We right need now. to let you know. Yeah, here it, it is. Well, Sam, Trish was being nice. I believe the Bible, and my body is a temple, so I take <laughs> care of it. Um, no, I I do daily uh, conditioning in the shower, so I have uh, I I subscribe. Well, used to subscribe to Doctor Squatch, um, mm. soap for men. <clears throat> uh, they're they're awesome. Um, but then I also I don't even know the brand of it, but I know the the scent of my beard oil is called Southern Tobacco. And uh, I've been that told sounds very Southern Baptist. Yes, very <laughs> Southern, Southern Baptist, Baptist approved. <laughs> yes. <That's> a- <laughs> yeah. So I I have been told that it smells nice and it makes my beard look good. So nice. Yeah. Tobacco. Yep. Southern tobacco. Endorsed yeah. by North Road if, Church. Yep. If you were sitting in this room, you would look at Micah's beard over my beard, and we're just being really honest. This is not self. No more self-deprecating jokes. His beard looks way better than mine. <laughs> His beard looks like he's from St. Charles. My beard looks like I'm from Troy. You're okay, <laughs> Sam. You're okay. You're I'm sorry, okay. all of our listeners. Okay. Again, taking applications for Sam. <laughs> oh gosh. I tried to get Sam a girl and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to do it. So. <laughs> okay, guys, another serious question. Favorite cartoon from when you were a kid? SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, nice. 
I gotta also second SpongeBob. Come I mean, on. Phineas and Ferb's really good too. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Tom and Jerry, all those good. Jimmy ones. Neutron. Oh, Jimmy oh Neutron. My gosh. Yes. Micah is this is the, about the age. You're just a little bit older than my oldest son, and those are the I I have those cartoons in my head yeah. right yes. now just from my yep. my kids watching over it. and over and over. Um. Okay. And then this whole podcast is about continuing the conversation with with our audience, with the congregation, with the listener out there. Is there something right now on your heart that you would like to encourage us to continue the conversation about? Like on any topic, any anything. What what's what's on your your guys's mind right now? Um for me, I think the I think the Lord has really been taking me on a journey uh figuring out how to experience joy. Um I don't know if I don't know if everybody is familiar with John Piper, um but he's he's like of, of of all the people in in my life that have discipled me, like he's discipling me through YouTube. <laughs> um, he's a pretty famous preacher and pastor, and and he has devoted a lot of his ministry uh, to talking about like what does it mean to experience the joy of the Lord. Yeah. And so um, I think it's it's very like for us and for me, this has been my experience in ministry. We we can get so focused on like the practical stuff of what we do and setting up and tearing down, especially when you're in a smaller church and like you're doing the job of like three or four people, um, you, you kind of stamp God on, on something that's like not actually spiritual. And so, and then, and then you just kind of get to this place where you, you can't remember the last time that you like felt the joy of the Lord in your heart. And so, um, He's really been taking me on a journey through like reading his books and and just pastoring me through through the screen of my phone um, and podcasts of like just really um, living out the words of of David in the Psalms and talking about the joy of the Lord is found in his presence. The joy of the Lord is his strength and just enjoying him. God, God gave us himself to enjoy himself. Um, And so, yeah, that's that's something that I would encourage everybody to dig into. I love that, Micah. Sam, how about you? Uh, I've really, I've been on this journey recently and I, I would, the question was to continue the conversation on trying to be too lengthy. I know we're probably wrapping up. Um, but what does it look like to actually keep our eyes on Jesus? Mm. What does it look like? And I'm, I'm on this journey right now. Like, how does that, how does that actually work in our lives? Cause that's what gives us endurance. Um, but what does it look like to actually keep our eyes on Jesus? What does it look like to focus on him, meditate on him? Um, and I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm, I'm kind of in this phase right now where I'm like, I'm relooking at what that looks like in my life. Cause like Micah, I've felt this, <laughs> I felt this, like, there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of zeal. There's a lot of fun that happens at youth, but it's in ministry. It's, it's so in life, it's just so stretching. You get to these places where you're like, oh man, the, the check engine light is on. There's the gas is running out of the tank and we just have to go. We got to go to Jesus. We have to go yeah. to people around us. Um, and what I've what I've done recently is I've just been rewalking in radical uh, uh, authentic not authenticity, vulnerability, transparency with people around me. Of just like, dude, these are the lies in my head. And for me to even say their lies is like a declaration of faith because they feel so true. But just like, I've gone to people. Like I talked about Tom, Tom, Kyle, other friends, other family members. I'm just like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is um, this is what's going on. And they've just been able to speak truth into those areas um, and really 
um, really disarm a lot of the, the things that are trying to catch me up. So, That's so true. Yeah. I mean, it's it's about resilience, and you can't yeah. you can't have resilience if if you're not connected mm-hmm. with the Lord. And you said practically trying to find ways. What does it look like for me to keep my eyes on Jesus, yeah. guys? Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a great conversation. Thank you for joining our podcast. I hope you guys might be able to come back again. And for our listeners, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending your time with us today, friends. Be sure to check us out at northroadchurch.com to stay updated on all kinds of events and be sure to subscribe to us on all major podcasting sites. And join us next week as we continue the conversation on True North.